You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General John McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey, everybody! Welcome in the Utopia Football Podcast. Great to be with you as we continue to preview the Houston Texans' upcoming season. You had your offensive and defensive overviews last week. Um, this week, we want to take a closer look at training camp battles. We'll uh, probably take a look at the coaching staff later in the week as well. Um, we appreciate you tuning in. As always, I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast on mornings on Sports Radio 610. And I'm joined as always by my good friend, the Hall of Famer and our senior columnist at SportsRadio610.com, John McClain. John, how we doing? I'm great as always. Thank good. you. Uh, good to talk to you as always, John. And a reminder before we get into our Six-pack of training camp battles here is what we're going to do. John and I are going to go dueling pianos here on Texans training camp and who some of the battles are that uh, that we see maybe shaping up the back end of this roster or the depth chart overall. Um, so we're going to do that momentarily. But a quick reminder to click the subscribe button wherever it is you're getting this podcast. Um, if you've been able to see and listen to a few episodes and you like what you're hearing and seeing, Subscribe. We appreciate that. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe wherever it is you get your audio podcasts as well. The Odyssey app is a great place. You search on our names. You search on Hugh and the podcast comes right up. But you don't have to do that. You want to get it automatically. Hit subscribe and you're good to go there. John, you ready to get this party started here? Let's get this party started. All right. This I just before we get into these the back and forth on the training camp battles. What's your overall feeling just on the roster as a whole? We especially in light of the last couple of years of Texans football that we've endured two years ago with Cully, where it felt like it was just a bunch of part-timers last year, maybe felt a little bit more like a real football team. Some young guys that you knew you could get excited about. You still needed a quarterback and lovey didn't feel like the guy. How would you compare the feeling going into training camp for you this year compared to the last few years with the Texans? Going back to when uh, the McNair family told Nick Osario, tear it down, start over. Each year they've added more talent because they've had uh, multiple first-round picks. I saw a tweet that listed all the players they've gotten so far from the Deshaun Watson trade, the way they've used some of those to get more, and it was pretty amazing. And uh, the roster's better. Now, I'm still – I picked them to win six last year. They won three. I'm going to pick them to win six this year, Uh, and hopefully I'll be closer – to being correct, if they win more, great. But it's definitely the best roster they've had since 2019. Yeah, there's more reasons to be excited. I have no idea if they're going to be significantly better than last year's team. I do, I do think they are. I do think they are going to be better. I just don't. 
I thought they were going to win six games last year also, John, just like you. And, and the thing that excites me about training camp, and we'll get to the training camp battles here shortly, I, this training camp as a whole, it's not just D'Amico. It's not just the rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud. The other thing that makes this camp feel more normal is it, the, the joint practices they're going to have. I'm very excited for those, for them to practice with Miami and New Orleans and actually really get a true gauge more so than what you and I had to watch the last couple of years is that they're practicing against themselves. Well, no wonder this, this position group looks so good. They're going against the Texans, you know, um, to see them go against the Dolphins and the Saints, not world beaters by any means, although I think people are pretty bullish on the Dolphins this year. That's I'm very, very excited for those two weeks for this team. Oh, I am too, because that's when they'll be going all out. Quarterbacks can't be hit, of course, but everybody else can hit. Coaches always like joint practices better than preseason games because they can control them and work on exactly what they want to work on. That's why I'm like you. I can't wait. All right, John, let's get to these six-pack of training camp battles. John and I are going to highlight six training camp battles that we're excited about. John, the honor is yours as the Hall of Famer. Well, first of all, I think almost every starting position is locked down. And uh, uh, I guess center. You got Juice Scruggs, second-round pick. Uh, Scott Quisenberry started 16 games last year after Justin Britt left and went back home. But they need to improve. They traded back into the second round to get Juice Scruggs. It's only a matter of where he, time before he starts unless they blew that pick and it takes him longer to get in there. But at some point, and maybe early in camp, maybe later in camp, they're going to have a rookie quarterback and they're going to have a rookie center. John, will you be more freaked out if Stroud is the backup in week one to Mills or Keenum or Scruggs is the backup to Scott Quesenberry? I think Scruggs, because Scott was an undrafted free agent. You know, he played as well as he could possibly play, but they were just not very good up front on the interior. And that's why they used a second-round pick on Scruggs traded for Shaq Mason, spent a number one pick last year on Kenyon Green. So uh, I think Stroud was drafted second overall for a reason. I, people th may think, well, if they play him at Baltimore, he's going to get killed, they're going to get crushed. Yeah, but if he doesn't start in Baltimore, people all over the country are going to start to call him a bust and say, what's the matter with C.J. Stroud? Why is Davis Mills starting over him? It'd be better put him out there, let him play. D'Amico Ryans has seen rookie quarterbacks play a lot uh, with the 49ers. And uh, so I think he will definitely be the starter. I just don't know when they're going to name him. They may fool around, wait till the week before the game when we sit on a depth chart. But when it comes to the preseason games, we're going to have to see, see him get a lot of playing time. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, 
turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I, uh, I, and I, you know, I, I hesitate to even put Stroud versus Mills in this conversation because that's an under, that's almost on a separate plateau from the type of training camp battles you and I are talking about here. Um, and, and I know you you led into this with the centers. I'm just I I actually had it on my list, and I'm going, yeah. Every of course everybody's compelled. They all want to, everybody wants to see CJ Stroud beat out Davis Mills. My first one, John, is the back end of the wide receiver room. I think there's four wide receivers that are locks to make this team, assuming health for everybody: Nico Collins. Uh, Robert Woods, John Mechie, and Tank Dell. And and then Xavier Hutchinson, Noah Brown, and I'll throw Amari Rogers in there. You know, depending on how many receivers they want to take, Noah Brown's a guy that gets talked about a lot as a guy that fits what they want to do because he's a really good blocker and he's a good veteran, solid veteran guy in a young receiving room. You know, Robert Woods is the only other real vet in there. Um, Amari Rogers is a guy that I liked last year when they picked him up off of waivers from the Packers. I, I liked him at Clemson when he played there. I thought he... Thought he did some good things. And H- Hutchinson's a guy, you and I talked about this on the pod, Hutchinson is is one of the more heralded sixth-round picks in this draft. A lot of people think the Texans got a steal. They may, if everybody's healthy, John, they might have to keep six wide receivers on this roster, which sounds weird to say because that feels like that room gets more criticism than any other position group on this team. And, I, and maybe because they don't have that elite go-to type of receiver. But I do feel like they've got a lot of really solid – many of them young pieces here. Noah Brown had a really good offseason. They like him. He can play inside. He can play outside. He might end up being a slot guy over Tank Dell and John Mechie right away because Dell's a rookie third-round pick, and Dell and Mechie might as well be a rookie considering what happened to him last year, throwing ACL and, and, and had to overcome leukemia. And Noah Brown's versatility is going to help him. You know, we all think Nico Collins is going to get hurt because he always gets hurt. And then you might that might give Xavier Hutchinson a chance outside or Noah Brown could go outside. So it is interesting. They don't have a great receiver, but the guys they have, you're right. That, that should be an interesting uh, position battle uh, in, a, in a wide receiver room because you got a lot of guys who have talent and but they lack experience with two of them, and they get to show what they can do right off the bat, because even they don't do a lot of hitting right off the bat in uh, training camp. Yep. And then they don't take anybody to the ground on purpose. We'll get to see more Hutchinson and Dell and Mechie, and they're going to be fun to watch. They will for sure. All right, what's your next one, John? Position battle in Texans training camp. Stephen Nelson was a starter uh, at corner last year. And he played, he played well. He'd been a free agent, signed a two-year contract. And I thought, well, he's number one going into 
next season. But the fact he missed the off-season program, and they can never bring that up because it's not mandatory. He did show up for the mandatory minicamp. But then when he put on Instagram what he put on about Nick Casario, that means it could be a battle with Desmond King. If uh, Tavier Thomas plays in the slot, could be a battle with Skill Griffin. And I'll let you tell the listeners what it was he put on Instagram about Nick Casario. Oh, yeah. Well, I think this is this this pod's running. I, probably a lot of people have heard about it by now. But if you haven't, he posted a picture, Stephen Nelson did on his Instagram, of a Casario-style vest with the caption, can't trust the MF that wear these for every day of the week, clown freak. Uh, do you think that Nick is angrier that Steven Nelson called him a clown freak or that he made fun of the vest. I feel like Nick would defend the vest to the hilt. <laughs> he, I never thought about it until this. But, yeah, he wears that. He loves to wear that vest. <laughs> he loves those I got to find out if he'd just been wearing it here or if he was wearing it uh, back up in New England all those years. Yeah, yeah. And it, I'm sure Casario's been called things before, but it was really stupid for Steven Nelson to do that. When he comes in, he better play his butt off to uh, make sure. Because he's mad because he's not getting the extension he wants. He's 30. He's in his ninth year. He might get an extra year. Obviously, he wants more. It's okay to want more, but it's pretty stupid to call the guy who negotiates the contracts an an MF or a clown freak. Yeah. I don't know, John. You know, when it was time for me to do my new contract, I posted a picture of Sarah Frazier's purse. And I'm like, anybody who carries this purse is a clown freak. Yeah, no, I didn't do that. And I would never do that to Sarah Frazier. And you would never do that. No, And and Nelson obviously wants to be traded. But I can't imagine anybody else can give him an extension at his age and uh, with his experience. Next one for me, John. We're doing a six-pack of position battles. John's giving us two. Here's my second one. Um, similar to the wide receiver position, and then I'm talking about the back end of the room. Um, but this is also kind of combined, uh, you know, got a make or break in here as well, and it's Brevin Jordan, the back end of the tight end room. I think the top of the tight end room, I'm kind of bullish on. I think Dalton Schultz is one of the more underrated tight ends in the league. Uh, Tegan Catoriano is a name that's that you and I brought up on the podcast before when we did our offensive preview last week. I thought that was a – I think Tegan Catoriano has a little bit of secret weapon – vibe to him. I think those are those are two solid tight ends right there. Brevin Jordan was a the guy they drafted in the fifth round a couple of years ago, and the thought was back then that the Texans got a pretty good steal right there, that he was somebody who could have gone earlier based on some of his productivity at Miami. Undersized, but pretty athletic for what he does. It just hasn't translated in the NFL for him. And I know the Texans haven't been good offensively, so that's dragged a lot of people down, but he's had a hard time staying healthy as well. He's been a healthy scratch at times for this team. So Brevin Jordan... Mason Shrek, and and then maybe honestly, John, I I think you can make a case that the Texans' third or fourth tight end, if they choose to go that deep into the tight end pool, might be playing on somebody else's team right now. You know, it might be Brevin Jordan versus Mason Shrek versus the film on thirty-one other teams, right? That's a good point. I don't. I they, hopefully the wide receivers who are more seem to be more talented and they're younger that they'll keep an extra them, one of the wideouts, maybe at the expense of an extra tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though uh, if you look at the 49ers and what they did, you know, they had a great wideout, a great running back, and a great tight end. 
So I'm sure that's what D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Slowick would like to have here, but you can't do it all in one off season. But I think you're right, exactly right on the tight end. What's your last one, John? I thought about backup safety. We know who the starters are going to be. Now I start thinking about the defensive line. Last year when, the, when they were healthy, it was Jerry Hughes and Jonathan Grenard. Hughes led him in sacks last year. Grenard led him in sacks the year before. Grenard's like Nico Collins. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's been more productive than Collins. So Will Anderson, Jr. is going to start. So who's going to start at the other spot? Hughes, Grenard is one because Hughes played the right side, but he also played the left. Well, one of, one of them's going to have to come off the bench. Will it, and it ain't going to be Will Anderson, Jr. So will it be uh, Jonathan Gennard or Jerry Hughes that starts opposite uh, Anderson? And uh, which one will will not be playing because they're not going to play three defensive ends. They're all undersized. None of them are like 265, 270 like you get when you play a 3-4. And, and, uh, but it's between Hughes and Gennard who starts opposite Will Anderson Jr. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it's a big year for Gennard. I mean, he's he's uh, he was somebody that came into last season with a whole lot of fanfare. I, I he had a nice twenty twenty one. That was a year he had eight sacks in twelve games. Um, it felt like he did for a guy who had eight sacks in twelve games. It didn't feel like he pressured the passer a lot. It felt like he like when he got there, he got him down on the ground. Um, but I, you know, I, th- I feel like Grenard might have been like a decent player on just a really bad team and stood out because of that. Uh, I think it's up to him to prove that he can be consistent this year, you know, and stay healthy. Health is even that year he had the eight sacks, John. He still missed five games that year, you know. And this is a contract year. Yes. And Sean, you know how players in contract years, Aaron Judge being a great example, stay healthy. And then the next year they get hurt again. Aaron Judge is hurt again. It's amazing the way that happened. <laughs> it is. Yeah, a toe for Aaron Judge, right? Yeah, and uses uh, – Jerry Hughes in the last year of his contract, but he's going to be 35 years old. Yeah, that's so different. I don't think he's playing for a new contract, but Grenard definitely is. No, Grenard is playing for what every guy in this league is playing for, which is the second contract. They know that's the one – that's good, but for most of these guys, that's the biggest one. You know, is the is this unless it's a rookie who kind of busted out and now they're hanging around the league. You know, a first rounder who turns out shouldn't have been a first rounder, but he's good enough to be in the league. Most of these guys, especially guys like Renard, you know, he's hoping to get paid. All right, John, my last Hang on one second, Sean. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, if Grenard, the coaches think if Grenard could play a full season, he could be a double digit sack guy in a perfect world. He plays 15, 16 games. Maybe not 17, but he gets 10 sacks. Will Anderson gets 10 or 11 or 12. And then they've got bookend pass rushers. Yeah. That would that be they great. had a little bit. Uh, they always had it with wide, but a couple times Whitney Merciless gave them another effective outside rusher. It wasn't enough years. Man, if they could re sign Grenard. But, you know, sometimes if you get double digit sacks, 
you got a chance to get big bucks. You do. Absolutely. All right, John, last one. Um, I'm going to go, because you mentioned they always like having one of these on the roster offensively, fullback. Uh, Anthony, they signed Anthony Beck, who played in Denver last year, kind of a hybrid tight end. That might be their third tight end right there. It could be Anthony Beck, where he does sort of that James Casey thing, where it's fullback and tight end kind of thing. But Troy Hairston was a fun story last year as the fullback for this team, the undrafted free agent out of one of the Michigans. Was it Central or Western? One of them up there. He was a linebacker. Central Michigan. Central Michigan. Linebacker turned turned fullback. It's not a sexy position battle, but, I mean, we're kind of down to, like, you know, the back end of the linebacker room. I mean, you mentioned safeties. Um, you know, I think there's some guys who've been on the team a few years, like, you know, Charlie Heck. You know, does he does he able to make the team make an impression, you know, and for other teams because he's like Grenard is in a contract year, that kind of thing. True position battle where they're only keeping one of these two guys probably is uh, that fullback position. So I'll, and especially I'm anxious to see how Slowick, I don't know how much he's going to show in the preseason, but how does he choose to deploy the fullback position that, you know, that's been so important in the Kyle Shanahan version of this offense with use check. I think that's a good one. And if yeah. you are a fullback in this offense, you got to be able to catch the ball because yeah. when use check gets the ball on a, people shouldn't be surprised, but they like to utilize him that way. And this is an important position. If it's not going to be somebody on the roster, like Harrison or Beck, or maybe even Mike Boone, maybe, you know, another guy I think could fit that role is Brevin Jordan. I've always thought he gained a lot. Of, he looks like he's muscled up. He was never a true tight end. He's like a big wide receiver. And if you had him in there as a lead blocker, and he's always made an effort to block and knowing that he could catch, and I don't think this will happen, but I'm thinking that maybe it's a possibility like Anthony Beck, uh, but there's also a chance that position is on another team. Yep, absolutely. And we know they'll be scouring those cuts. The cuts all come at one time again this year, John. They're not phased like they've been the last few years. I like that. I like that better. I like the land rush of players. That's fun. It's like a whole other wave of free agency. Um, all right, John. Well, um, if people want to find your stuff, tell them where they can find your stuff. SportsRadio610.com. I've got columns about the Texans and the Astros. There you go. And you can get them on Twitter, as you can see on the YouTube there, if you're listening at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. I am at Sean T. Pendergast. Big thanks to James Jackson, our producer. Does a great job getting this podcast out to all of you. Again, a reminder, use the Odyssey app. Click the subscribe button. Wherever it is you get your podcast, click the subscribe button so you are getting the Utopia Football Podcast this season. Training camp is almost here, and we want you to be along for the ride with us. For the Hall of Famer, John McLean, for James, our producer, I am Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We will see all of you for the next episode of the Utopia Football Podcast. Thanks for listening.